good to see you here today. Thank you for coming. There's a lot of other places you could be on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and the fact that you chose to be with us is a blessing. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 13? The other day I was praying and talking to the Lord. Have you ever noticed that when you pray, there are things sometimes that just kind of spill out of you? It's from your heart. It's not scripted. No one else is there and no one else is listening. So it's not for anyone else's pleasure or for their understanding. It's you and God. It's something that's very intimate. But when it comes out, what comes out is of your spirit. And at times, it surprises you. A lot of different things come out of us. And it's often connected, when you're really in prayer and intimacy with God, it's often connected with this raw emotion when you're praying. Sometimes a profound sense of gratitude just flows out of you. And we cry tears of joy. You find yourself saying, Oh God, you've been so good to me. As praise wells up in your heart. It's not something oftentimes that you've even thought about. But sometimes you're just hit with this sense of how good God has been. And you're overwhelmed by his kindness and his mercy to you. Sometimes when we're praying, groans and anguish comes out. As we pour out deep pain and sorrow from our souls before the Lord. And if you've ever had one of those times, you don't want other people to see or to hear that, but there's those times in which you and God, and maybe you didn't even start to do that, you didn't intend to do that, but as you're communing with God, the ache of your heart, the sorrow of your heart, the grief of your heart just pours out from deep somewhere inside of you. Sometimes things you didn't even know were there, but as you're praying, it just comes out. And, and as I said, sometimes it's in really raw emotions. It's really raw. It's one of those times where you use up half of the tissues, you use a few handkerchiefs, and, and you're just pouring out your heart to God. And somehow as you do that, you know that you're connecting with Him. There's something healing up as we pray that way. Other times when we pray, anger and rage come out. Pastor, that shouldn't happen. Well, the psalmist asked God to wipe people out. To destroy his enemies. He did not want their gray hair head to go to the grave in peace. There's times in which when we pray, there's raw rage and anger and comes out and sometimes we don't even realize it was there. Other times, expressions of duty, devotion, and commitment come out as we pour out our hearts to the Lord. There's times when we didn't really plan on saying it, but God, I'll do anything that you want. All you got to do is ask. Lord, whatever you want from me, take whatever you want from my life. I just want to be used by you. These emotions come out. They come out from somewhere deep inside. We don't really realize what they are or where they're coming from. They're expressions of our soul that only come from intimacy with God. And so for a lot of you, that's why personal time with God in prayer is so vital and important. Because it's in those moments where you're quiet before the Lord and no one else is around and no one else hears in which God ministers to your soul. If you don't, a lot of those negative emotions, a lot of those anger, a lot of that sorrow, a lot of that stuff that's inside builds up. And I mean, I say that's probably some of the reasons why people carry a lot of depression, a lot of sadness, a lot of heaviness that can be healed 
simply by pouring out your soul to God. As I was praying the other day, I found myself becoming encouraged and excited about the things that God wanted to do in our day. As I was praying, a sense of anticipation, it began to rise up within me, and and I had been fasting for a few days, and this is what I was praying. I wanted to see the manifestation of the presence and power of God in our midst. But not just for a good service. Not just so somebody trembles or cries, but I wanted to see God break through where people's destiny where their destiny, their lives are completely changed. Not just a good service. We love the good services. We love the good feelings. But the breakthroughs that lead to permanent change in people's lives. I heard myself saying, Lord, I'm willing to pay the price to see these things come to fruition. Lord, I'm willing to pay the price to see the breakthrough that's needed. What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And then after I wrote this, I'm thinking, man, that's, I don't, you ever tell God stuff, and then you're like, well, what if you ask? It was the cry of my heart. It wasn't scripted. I feel awkward sharing that with you, because that wasn't for anyone else to hear. It was something that was personal from my spirit to the heart of God. Just like there's things that you pray. It's no one else's business. It's you and God. It's something between the two of you. As I was praying, I felt my spirit crying out to God to move on behalf of his people. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is using parables as a way to reveal truths concerning the kingdom of heaven. In this portion, he's revealing the priceless value of the blessings of the kingdom. One commentator wrote in earlier parables, he presents the kingdom as being found without seeking. In this parable, he reveals the kingdom as being sought and found. This parable reveals that there are treasures that are worth selling everything you have to possess. There are some things in life that are worth giving up everything else simply so that you may possess it. Because they are of such value, they are of such worth, that nothing else in the world can compare, and nothing else matters but those treasures. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. So the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. That's what it's compared to. When a man found it, he hid it again, And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and what did he do? He sold everything that he had and he bought it. Did you notice what verse 44 says? It compares the kingdom of heaven to treasure that's hidden in a field. It says, when he discovered the treasure that was hidden in the field. The treasure was not visible to everybody. You had to look closely and you had to be discerning to find it. Many people aren't wise enough to recognize true value and worth. Let me say that again. There's many people who do not have the wisdom 
and the understanding to recognize something that is of true value and true worth. They don't see it. It's hidden. All of us heard the story just a few miles from our home. In 1989, in Adamstown, you've all heard that story, right? The guy was a financial advisor, I believe, from Philadelphia, and he was up in Adamstown at the flea market shopping, and he saw an old picture frame with an old painting in it, and he paid four bucks for it. He took it home, thought he could do something with it. He liked the frame. He bought it for the frame. As he took it, started to work with it, it fell apart. And tucked in behind that painting was one of the original Declaration of Independence. There's, there was only two of them at the time that were held privately. And I think he got two point some million dollars for it. And then four bucks, that's a pretty good investment. <laughs> it sold at Sotheby's in 1991. And then it sold later on for eight million dollars. There's some people who just have, they have the ability to look at something and recognize value. You know, in real estate, a lot of times we like the pretty houses. If I was going to buy a house, my first thing would be, will you buy a pretty house? That's beautiful. Somebody wants to live in a pretty house. No, can I tell you what you buy? You buy some dumpy looking rundown place that has six apartments in it and you pay almost nothing for it. I'm telling you, that's where the treasure is. That's where the money is. It's amazing that sometimes people can't see, they don't have the ability to see where true value and true worth is. Many people had walked by and overlooked this treasure again and again. Some bosses do that. They have a great employee working for them. And they don't see the value of that man or that woman. They don't see the potential that's in that person. They mistreat them and another company grabs them up. And they succeed and and excel and are successful and very profitable for the company. But some people just can't recognize it. Sometimes people with their family, they have a treasure in their spouse. But when they're gone, they finally realize what treasure they really had. They have a treasure in their parents. They have a treasure in their children. But many times it takes them losing those things to really recognize the value that they had. Financial opportunities. There's many of those that people, they miss it. They don't recognize it and never take advantage of the opportunity. Spiritually, there's treasures that are available to us that many people, the wisdom of God, just the opportunity to know God and have intimacy with him. Many people forsake that. They don't take advantage. They don't value that treasure. But it says of this man that when he discovered it, in his joy... I want you to notice that phrase. In his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. What does it mean in his joy? It means that when he realized its true worth, he was thrilled for the opportunity to obtain it. It was one of those things as he's like, dude, I can't let this one get by. Don't say anything. Here's my down payment on it. I'll be right back. That's really what he did. In his joy, so many times when it comes to the kingdom of God, there's a lot of people who feel as if any price God asks of them is too much. Anything God asks of them for the kingdom of heaven and for the kingdom of God, it's too much. What it means is he realized this true worth 
And it was not a burden to sell all he had to buy that field because it was a great treasure. Again, the parable of the merchant looking for pearls. And when he came upon one of great value, it says this, he sold everything he had and he bought it. Jesus said, that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what it compares to. What I'm going to share with you next is my perspective. That's the word of God. This is my perspective. I believe that we live in a time of entitlements. People feel entitled. It's all about people's rights. It's all about their prerogatives, their privileges. We hear very little in the public square about people's responsibilities. We hear a lot about your rights. We hear about what you deserve. But we don't hear a whole lot spoken about what you are responsible for. People don't want to hear terms like sacrifice. What I have to do. They don't rally around what is required of me. That's not something that motivates people. We live in a time when people who have contributed nothing feel they are owed everything simply because they breathe. There again, this is perspective. I'm not saying this is the word of God. I'm saying this is my perspective. I believe we live in a time where people who have done and contributed absolutely nothing, nothing. They have done nothing at all. And they feel that they are owed everything. I hope that hasn't permeated into your spirit. I hope that's not in your heart. And there again, I'm not saying that's the word of God. I'm saying that's Steve Ritchie's perspective. They've done nothing. I want to suggest to you it's a dangerous time when that attitude permeates a business, when that attitude permeates a family, when that attitude permeates a church, an organization, or a nation. When people feel that they're owed, that society and everybody owes them. Now Paul writes to Timothy of the self-centeredness that will be prevalent in the last days. Now this is the word of God. This is not my perspective. This is what the word of God says. Okay? So my perspective you can throw out. You cannot deny what the word of God says though. And I'm gracious enough to tell you when it's my perspective and to tell you when it's the word of God. Okay? The word of God says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. He's saying, don't hang out with people who are like that. Don't associate people who are like that. What is that really talking about? It's that attitude of self-centeredness that controls sinful man. I want for me. I don't really give a rip about you. I really don't care too much about you. If you get yours, that's okay. But I want mine, what's rightfully mine. 
I cannot think of one thing in this world that is free. I cannot think of one single thing in this world that is free. And I'm going to make this statement. There is nothing in this world that's free. Even the air that you breathe, the air that you breathe requires energy to inhale and exhale. If you quit inhale and exhaling, that air doesn't do any good at all. It requires energy. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Richie is preaching heresy. I know something he didn't think of. Salvation is free. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Salvation is not free. It may not have cost you anything, but it's not free. Listen to me. It may not have cost you anything, but it is not free. It was paid for by somebody else at an extremely high price. An extremely high price was paid for your redemption. An extremely high price was paid for your forgiveness. An extremely high price was paid for your healing. It may not have cost you anything, but somebody else paid the bill for you. Somebody else paid. So salvation is not, listen to me, salvation is not free. You may not have had to pay for it, but it's not free. It costs somebody something. All the things that you enjoy at no cost. As a society, living in America, there's a lot of things that you can do, quote, for free. But can I say to you, all the things that you enjoy at no cost have been paid for by somebody at some time. The roads you drive on, do you know what? Somebody paid for that. They don't just magically appear. New Enterprise, Stone and Lime, does not just voluntarily blacktop roads. Somebody paid for that. The public park bench you sit on, somebody paid for that. The national park land that we enjoy. Can I tell you that somebody paid and continues to pay for that? The freedom from tyranny and fear that we enjoy in this country. The freedom to worship that in many countries around the world, they are not free from fear and tyranny. They are not free from that. The freedom that we have to worship as we see fit. If you want to worship a statue, if you want to worship God, if you want to worship Buddha, the freedom that we enjoy in this country to worship as we see fit is not free. Somebody paid for that. Those rights that many take for granted because it costs them nothing. Well, let me tell you, somebody paid for that. There's a lot of mama and daddies who paid with the life of their son. A price so high and a pain so deep unless you paid a similar price, we cannot even comprehend. It costs many of our veterans arms, legs, vision, innocence, peace of mind. But people think that all the things we enjoy in this country are free. No, they're not. Somebody paid for that. When it comes to spiritual things, it might not cost you anything, but I want you to know that somebody paid for it. First, as I said earlier, we have this incredible price that Jesus paid for your sin and mine. He experienced the full wrath of God poured out against sin as he suffered and died upon that tree. 
He took those stripes upon his back for your healing. His death and the blood he shed provide access into the very throne room of God for you. It may not cost you anything, but somebody paid for it. Then there were the pioneers of the faith, the apostles, the disciples, the New Testament church. You do realize that many of them died as martyrs for the cause of Christ. Simply because they chose to believe upon the name of Jesus. It cost them their lives. It didn't cost you anything, but it sure cost them. Throughout history, scores of men and women have given up everything to take the gospel to a land far away where people had not yet heard. Oftentimes, to be rejected, to experience hardship and adversity, exposed to sickness and disease, living in poverty, just for the opportunity to share with others this good news that Jesus loved them and that their sins could be forgiven. Then there were the early church planners, men and women who felt the call of God to preach the gospel and establish a church in communities that would reach lost people. These were often uphill battles. We think it's glamorous. The reality of a lot of things in life are not glamorous. They absolutely stink in the midst of it. We make them glamorous. We make them glorious. But can I tell you that in the midst of it, it is painful. It's hard. It's difficult. It was an an uphill battles. They fought uphill battles. There was a lot of hard work, a lot of slow advancement, little recognition, and practically no fanfare. It's not a glamorous life, yet they still pressed on. Didn't cost you much, but somebody else paid for it. Every single church that's been established in a community. I walked into Lighthouse. I set my butt in one of these pews. Someone else had paid for the building. Someone else had paid for the pew. Someone else had done the hard work to get the property to establish the church, to reach out to people, to to bring people in. It didn't cost me anything. I just walked in. Somebody else had paid for it. And so many times we take that for granted. My father-in-law, him and my mother-in-law, they were set. My mother-in-law's dad had a union electrical contracting company. Dad was a union electrician, young guy. He was a foreman for the company. Union electricians make good money. They had a brand new home. And what happens? They get saved in the charismatic renewal and feel called to the ministry. Brand new home, good job. All he had to do was ride it out. That's all you had to do, Dad. Just ride it out. Just ride it out. Union electricians in Philadelphia make 50-some bucks an hour now. I'll come around for 50 bucks now. I'll even put in a little overtime for that. Would you put in a little bit of overtime for 75 bucks an hour? I'd, you know, 80 bucks an hour. I'll work for that. And now here's the reality. Sold his house, moved to Phoenixville, worked a job, goes to Bible school, starts a church in a nuclear power plant at lunchtime, and leaves that security of the nuclear power plant where you can make good money, leaves that to go and plant a church. Can I suggest to you that it's not all glamorous when people don't show up? It's not glamorous when you're carrying chairs. It's not glamorous when the offering don't cover the bills and you have to figure out how are we going to pay the rent. Those things aren't glamorous, but somebody has to pay the price. 
Somebody has to recognize the true value and the true treasure that is there. And they have to say, you know what? I'll give up the new house. I'll give up the security of a great retirement. I'll give up all of these things that God has blessed me with, whatever those things are, because I recognize that there's something of greater value. As I was praying, I was telling the Lord, Lord, tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. I was hit by this sense of this awareness, and and he's going to tell me the things that he requires of me. He's going to tell me the things. He'll speak to me, I promise you that. But if only one person pays the price... Oh, I'm telling you, one person pays the price. There's incredible things that God will do if one man or one woman will pay the price. You can't believe what God will take from one life. You can't imagine what God will do from one man or one woman who devotes themselves to the purposes and to the plans and to the kingdom of God. You cannot possibly even be able to comprehend in your mind how far-reaching and how impactful only one life will be when it's completely and totally devoted to God. You can't imagine the things that God will build with that, that God will do with that, that God will accomplish with that. You can't imagine in eternity the lives that will be influenced by that. There comes a point in time and for the church when one person can't pay the price. One person can't pay the price. It's kind of like in society when everybody stands around and says, I want somebody else to pick up the bill. What happens? It disintegrates. It falls apart. The things that are given to them are squandered. You see, it's not just clergy and I know that more than anybody. It's not clergy that are the only ones who pay the price. All of us are called by God to pay the price. All throughout history, hardworking farmers, business owners, construction workers, stay-at-home moms have paid the price to see God's kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The price tag comes in all different forms, in all different fashions. For Sister Bradney's parents and for her mother-in-law, I think about her mother-in-law, the price that her mother-in-law paid was to give her son to go to another place around the world and really not, not to get to see him too much, right? That was a price. That was, a, that was an incredible price that God asked of that lady. She gave that. That was the price. I don't know what God's price Will be. I don't know what the price tag he will put upon the kingdom for you. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not free. It's not free. We're beyond that. It's now we're at a point where God is asking of you. What will you give up for my kingdom? He'll tell you specifically. You will know what he's asking of you. We're not talking necessarily material things. Some of you may have to change your jobs. Give your life to this time in your life. You might have to retire early and spend your time serving people. Some of you may have to say no to something that you treasure now. You have to say no to that. Some of you have to give up some of your kids and your kids may go to another place in the world. As I said, I don't know what the price tag is, but I know it's going to cost you something. Every single one of us. 
if you want to be my disciple, what do you have to do? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. It's not a glamorous message. It's not even a glamorous life. It's not. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of self-denial. Once you finally realize the value of the treasure that is available to you, you'll say, God, whatever you ask of me. Because nothing in this world... Listen, how many of you are over 50? All right, you're, you're already on the downside, just so that you know. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to live over 100, you're already on the downside. It's the truth. There is nothing in this world that can compare. I'm going to promise you this. Anything that you give up for Jesus, anything that you sell, anything that you give up for the sake of his kingdom cannot compare to the glory that God has in store for you. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is talking to people in this room. Some of you, it's a matters of holiness. Some of you, it's matters of surrender. All kinds of things. Somebody paid the price for you. Now it's time that we start looking of God, what do you want me to pass on to somebody else? Somebody did it for me. It's not free. Incredible thing is to know that I can do something that will really change eternity. I can hog everything to myself. And even the Bible says if you try to save your life, you lose it. But when you lose your life for his sake, are you willing? As the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, what are you going to say to him? Let somebody else pay the bill? Are you going to say, Lord, here am I? You can send me. The other thing is, is the longer you put it off, the things that God has told you, the more likely you are not to do them because your heart becomes hard and it'll be another 15 years and the things that God has told you to do, you won't have done. Nothing's free. Nothing. Nothing in this world is free. It costs somebody. But you know what I believe? I believe with all my heart that I'm with people who are willing to say, God, I'm willing to pay the price. What do you ask of me? As we conclude, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you that as the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, that you offer yourself to him afresh and anew. That you not make vows that you won't keep, but that you offer yourself, God, that whatever you ask of me, tell me, Lord. Tell me what you need from me. Think of those of you who've made sacrifices year after year to see the kingdom of God grow. And I want to say thank you. God still has things that he's asking of you because until the day you die, he's going to use you. Until the day you die, there's still opportunities to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where thieves can't break in and steal from you. Father, In the name of Jesus, I thank you, first of all, for the people who've paid the price for us. I think of myself, there's nothing that I have that you have not given to me. There's nothing that's good that you've not provided. And so, Lord, as we look to you, we ask, what do you require of me, Lord? What is it that you would desire from me? The desire of our heart is to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So, Lord, show us the treasure 
And I pray, Father, that as you show us the treasure, that we would be willing to abandon everything to obtain those things that are eternal, that will last forever. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts the concrete things you're asking people to do. I pray that before they leave this building, that they would make a commitment and they would tell somebody else, this is what God wants from me. And this is what I'm doing. I'm not stopping because, Lord, it's with great joy. With great joy, that man went and sold all he had because he realized the treasure that was his. So go with your people today and cause us, Lord, to to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.